Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 335, The Many Faces of William Shatner. Welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined as always with Sam and Eddie. Boys, how's it going? Haven't talked to you in forever. Yeah, I've been 24 hours and, you know, I'm excited because tomorrow off to off to England, off for uh, Jake, friend of the podcast, stag do, bachelor party. And, you know, it's going to be the second time that said you know two of the hosts the co-hosts of the podcast have seen each other since we started doing this so that's a really exciting thing yeah <laughs> frank you're asshole. lagging behind here it's like two and oh in the kind of combinations that we can have hey i did i did buy an extra ticket to breeders cup and neither of you wanted to come so i <laughs> bought you the ticket all you have to do is buy the flight over <laughs> the flight is that too much to ask it's, any it's the kind of 50 dollar ticket yeah. <laughs> well 100 okay okay well i'll tell you what all you have to do is make it to Jake's stag, and the bar tabs are on us. Really? What about food tabs? Do I get sure. food tabs as well? I'll, I'll pay for yeah, your sure. entire Ooh. food and drink the entire time you're there, but you need to be, you basically need to get on a flight almost now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two hours. The ago. transfer, the transfer to where we're going alone will take. Oh, don't long. reveal it, Sam. Don't reveal it. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I was sneaky. I was sneaky. Although in reality, by the time this podcast is real, oh no, no, he could he could conceivably listen to this before he one hundred percent is certain of where we're going. Although the game was kind of given away because the best man accidentally sent, so we're playing golf twice on this as part of the bachelor party, and the best man accidentally sent the name of the golf course that we're playing at in a <laughs> in the wrong group chat, one in which jake is part of so that yeah, kind of i'm pretty gave, sure that's ruined now yeah that kind of gave <laughs> me jake knows how to operate google maps you're pretty much screwed at this point <laughs> yeah. well he was trying to work it out the other, earlier by the weather that we gave him <laughs> so we told him the probability of rain in the area uh, he definitely he knows to triangulate it he definitely knows he just doesn't now want... c- can i ask a question mm-hmm. do you have to get on a flight to where you're going you could okay. fly, but we're taking the train. You could. You could also drive. It's within England. Okay. So. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm wondering if you're going to be celebrating Halloween while you're there. Are you guys going to be dressing up? Because it is this upcoming Sunday. I. I mean, Halloween in no way is on the same level as the way the Americans kind of have it. But no, I I don't think there's any plans and I haven't seen any plans. But I also don't know what the best man has planned for the stag. I mean, I know he has an outfit planned for Jake, not for Halloween, but for the Saturday we go out, he has an outfit planned for Jake. And I know what that outfit is. (laughs) Oh, God. I was trying to be more sneaky. Well, know. here's the thing is, I'm I'm trying to decide as to whether or not Jake will listen to this between now and, and I'm going to say he won't because he's going to be on the train ride with us. So it'd be weird if he 
put his headphones on and listen to <laughs> yes, us. Yes, put his headphones in. He goes, no, Jake, just kind of bat them out. Of uh, listen to us live, Jake. That's funny. Well, in light of the fact that Halloween is, is coming up and we won't have an episode before Halloween happens, I guess, I have a little game we could play because we haven't done this in a while. I know Eddie is a fan of the movie synopsis game where you read a synopsis from IMDb and then you guess what the movie is. So I pulled a bunch of Halloween related movies. So a movie that would be on television during Halloween time, if you get what I'm saying. So it could be horror, it could be Halloween themed, anything like that. I'll read the IMDb synopsis and you tell me what the name of the movie is and we can go back and forth. I have to remove certain words from the synopsis because they are either directly the title or they severely give it away. So we'll start off with a somewhat easy one. All right, you ready? How is this? Is this fastest finger? No, each go, each go. So that way... And give the audience a chance to think, too. Don't, like, shout it out before I finish. Okay, so who's going first? You can Um, go first. Yeah. Okay. Eddie. That's directed at me. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Because, you know, when you do the camera. We're channeling it. We're just channeling it. When you try and do the camera nod as to who you're directing it at, we all see the same thing. (laughs) All right. First one. 15 years after murdering his sister on blank night, 1963, Blank escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. Uh, Halloween 2? Halloween 1. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ooh, a rookie mistake. Crap. (laughs) Did you know that Halloween was shot in 20 days? (laughs) Pretty impressive. You can kind of tell. All right. It was so it was made with three hundred thousand dollars, half of which was for the cameras, and it's the highest grossing independent movie ever. For that time. Do you want that piece of movie trivia that everyone always brings up when the movie Halloween comes up? The mask. The, the mask. mask did is. you know it was did you know it was William Shatner? William Shatner. <laughs> it's not William Shatner, it's No, it, it's his it's character from yeah, from Star Trek, yes. Yeah. But uh, no one, anyone who knows that piece of information, I've just fallen into the same trap, but anyone who knows that piece of information, whenever the movie Halloween comes up, has to <laughs> ask you it. I, I've i never seen it. Wow. None of them. No. But that's probably because you have that like movie paralysis and because there's multiple <laughs> Halloweens, you're not sure where I, to start. I mean, just full disclosure, I'm terrible with scary films or like horror films. Or Oh, you're I, not going to do them. good in this then. No, I'm not going to do them. I know some of them. Like I could maybe get some of the more juvenile ones. But... All right. You ready, Sam? Because it's your turn now. All right. This is going to be a good guess, but let's see. Okay. A year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Uh, the horror films threw me off. I would have said something like Scream, but um, you know what? Let's just go Scream. It is Scream. Yes. They kind of do some of the horror, like 
he purposely does like the tropes of horror films. So you remember like the whole scene where Jamie Kennedy's explaining about horror movies and like what they do and what you shouldn't do. So that's kind of, I guess that's what that's coming off of. Interesting fact, Eddie, that film was released in December, five days before Christmas. So Merry Christmas with Scream. Is that, is that considered a Christmas movie? Is that a Christmas movie? Yes. And do you know that the mask is based off of uh, William Shatner after he had a stroke? <laughs> All right, Eddie, you're up. Is that going to be the fact every day? (laughs) The monstrous spirit of a slain child murderer seeks revenge by invading the dreams of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Correct. Film debut of Johnny Depp. And do you know the the basis of the Fred, Freddy Krueger face was was based off of uh, William Shatner in his teenage years when he had just terrible acne. Uh, the many faces of William Shatner. This is all right, Sam. A group of camp counselors trying to reopen a summer camp called Blank, which has a grim past, are stalked by a mysterious killer. Uh, it, it sounds like it should be obvious. Just because of the the pretense of it. So I'm going to go for a really obvious one, like it's Friday the 13th. (laughs) It is Friday the 13th. You're very good at just randomly. This is just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Filmed in New Jersey. And the camp is still in operation. Would you ever go to that camp that filmed Friday the 13th? Would it, if it was like an experience... Like Friday the 13th the, experience. Yeah. One person gets murdered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> no, every every night it's like the murder mystery night. Every night. Yeah, every night. <laughs> All right, Eddie. After a nasty incident... Oh, sorry. After a nasty accident, four friends begin to drift apart. One year later, Julie okay, James... I, I can gets, get it. I can get it now. Gets an anonymous message and then a slicker warning... Hook-wielding killer begins to rip apart her I, life. I, I know what you did last summer. Correct. It's not scary movie. <laughs> well, they stole. I mean, scary <laughs> yeah. movies taken that aspect from it, right? I, yeah. I probably would have legitimately said scary movie. Though. All right, Sam, you ready? In the summer of 1989, a group of bullied kids band together to destroy a shape-shifting monster which disguises itself as a blank and preys on the children of Derry, their small main town. Are these films? Yes. This is a super famous film. Oh. It's also been rebooted not that long ago. I, I don't know. What if I said which disguises itself as a clown and preys on the children of Derry, Maine? God damn it. I... I... I've drawn a blank. Um... <laughs> All right, time's up. The only, film, it the is only it. film I'm thinking about at the moment is Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I don't know why. It is it. I kind of, over over the course of this, like when Eddie's going and like when you said it, all I've tried to do is like build up a bank of Halloween films in my head. And now I've just fallen prey to the fact that I've used all the common ones and now I'm at like Hocus Pocus. It's the highest grossing Stephen King adaptation film. To date. All right, Eddie. In a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. A Hewitt favorite. 
Yeah, he did this to me on purpose because I hate Emily Blunt. <laughs> See, I, I love Emily Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, oh, shit, a quiet place. Correct. All right, Sam. Really dumb, really dumb movie. The inconsistencies in that movie drive me insane. What about the when second one? They can't make noise. I mean, but when they can make noise, can't make noise. Sometimes just stepping on a leaf and they they come at you. The other times it doesn't matter at all. The irresponsibility of the parents. I mean, just yeah. All right, Sam. When a twelve-year-old girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her. The Exorcist. Correct. <laughs> I have a good fact about that. <laughs> In the scene where the guy gets projectile vomited in the face, it was supposed to be on his chest, but they messed up and sprayed into his face. And his, his, he was legitimately pissed off. And that's the actual reaction from it in the movie. I thought that was funny. All right, Eddie. Sam's had similar experiences. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Also caught on tape. This one I think might be a little more difficult, Eddie. Con artists plan to fleece an eccentric family using an accomplice who claims to be their long lost uncle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this one following on from The Exorcist is really unfair. <laughs> the Adams family. Oh, wow. Da-da-da-da. You're wrong. <laughs> All right, Sam. A curious. To tie young- it up. <laughs> A curious youngster moves to Salem where he struggles to fit in before awakening a trio of diabolical witches that were executed in the 17th century. Wait, this can't be Hocus Pocus. Can I? <laughs> like, I'm, go- I'm going Hocus-, Hocus Pocus. That was a trio It is of Hocus witches. Pocus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this game is such a fucking fix. <laughs> Hey, Sam, why don't you name a movie? And guess what? It's going to be the answer to the next one. (laughs) I wish Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was like this. All right, Eddie. Oh, I I know the answer isn't New York, but I really want to say New York. Oh, what's the next question? Which which city was formerly known as New Amsterdam? Oh, my God. (laughs) He's he's faltering, Frank. Uh, Yeah, we got him on the ropes. Alex Browning is among a group of high school students readying themselves for a trip to Europe. When he suddenly has a premonition their airplane will crash, he screams to warn the others, but instead he is thrown off of the plane. Is this Final Destination? It is Final Destination. Disturbing fact from that movie, they used real footage of a plane explosion for the movie. Wow, what a move. Yeah, like, isn't that kind of disrespectful to the real people who died that they're suffering in a a shitty, low-budget movie? And it's like the guy where he's like, don't get on that plane. He's like, phew, glad I didn't. That actually blew up. (laughs) All right, Sam, you're up. A journalist must... (laughs) Sorry. A journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it. Fuck. I for- Give me a break. I've forgotten the name. Give me a I've fucking I've forgotten break. the name of it. I had to pull Final Destination <laughs> and he gets this. I've forgotten the name of it. 
the ring? Correct. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sam, what, you what do a you pull. Know your movies. <laughs> All right, Eddie. <laughs> don't do this. And also, Frank, on the previous one, if you're trying to make this sound fair, don't say we've got him on the ropes. <laughs> we're tied, aren't we? I think we yeah. both have one yeah. wrong. Yeah, we're tied. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. I'm torn between saying two, but... Why I'll say emphasis say here is on Halloween, not so much scary movie. Yeah, but... Oh. Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, Beetlejuice. Shit. Oh, how did I not think of Beetlejuice? All right, Sam, you're up. <laughs> when do they hire a spirit? Beetlejuice is the spirit. Beetlejuice. Yeah, he's <laughs> I was the annoying. Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think. I was torn between Casper. I was trying to think of the ghost. I was knew it was obviously not a scary movie. So I was trying to think of like. Even before Frank gave that clue, I was just trying to think of movies where there's a ghost in a house that's interacting with the humans, and I just I before he said about the Halloween theme, I was going to say the others, but that's that's more the twist that they are the ghosts, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, it was a good twist. It was a good twist. Yeah. All right, Sam. Two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there and soon discover their pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) The funny thing is, I'm just going to guess, and I don't know. Wait, Saw has more the people than that, doesn't it? Um, I, 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 paranormal activity. No, it is Saw. So close. It's so close. It is Saw. <laughs> the interesting fact I had oh. from this, I started to read this fact and got really excited and then it, it, it fizzled. In order to make the actors feel what the characters were going through... All of the bathroom scenes were shot in chronological order. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like they actually performed the stunts. <laughs> All right. Wait, so the first saw only had two people in. And then was it more after that? It, well, no, there, I mean, there's more people in the movie, but it opens with there's two of them chained to, in a bathroom. And then they have to, there's like tapes that they can play, audio tapes. And there's a dead body in the middle. And they're kind of, it's just them trying to figure out how to get out. And eventually one of them cuts his ankle off. And then oh. a person dressed in a pig costume comes out of a bathtub. I mean, no, no spoilers. <laughs> no, I mean, if you haven't seen Saw 1 by now, when are you going to see it? I think I saw 2. I took a girl on a date too. And I felt, I think it's Saw 2 when the, they have to, when they're trapped in the house and they all have to face their own vices. Maybe. And I think that's Saw 2. And the moment when the junkie has to jump into the pit of needles, I felt queasy and I had to leave the, <laughs> the theater. Yeah, that's I did gross. not feel good. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. Wait, which yeah. is the one where the 
idea was that if they had all just kind of worked together and cut themselves a little or something like that, they would have got through. Whereas, but they end up having to like sever arms and stuff like that to get enough blood. I, I can't remember. That could have been a saw. It's I haven't seen yeah. all the saws. There's so many of them. All right, Eddie, got a few left. An artificial man who is incompletely constructed and has blank for blank leads a solitary life. Then one day a suburban lady meets him and introduces him to her world. Wait, what? Say that again. An artificial man who was incompletely constructed and has blank for blank. I can't say the words. Leads a solitary life. Then one day, a suburban lady meets him and introduces him to her world. Edward Scissorhands. Correct. Scissors for hands. Nice job. All right, Sam. I won't say the person's name, but it's a person's name is sent to blank to investigate the decapitations of three people with the culprit being the legendary apparition, the headless horseman. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. I have no idea. And Sleepy Hollow. Ah, okay. Ichabod Crane is sent to Sleepy Hollow. Yes. All right. Who stars in that? Johnny Depp. Okay. Who adopted the horse in the film because he heard it was going to get put down. And then he beat it endlessly. (laughs) (laughs) These are not the views of the Big Chill podcast. That was just a uh, rip on Johnny Depp. (laughs) Yeah, we understand that bit. (laughs) But uh, given the fact that he's been shown to be somewhat litigious, we'll just put that out there that those are entirely the views of Frank Duca. (laughs) All right, last round. Eddie, you're up. I don't know if you've seen these. That's the question. Have you seen the recent scary movies, Eddie? Mm, Are you up on your scary movie game? Okay. No, but I might be aware of them. Okay. I'll give you this one. A year after disposing of the body of a man they accidentally killed, a group of dumb teenagers are stalked by a bumbling serial killer. I know I've seen this, but I can't remember the name. Scary movie. Oh, Christ. (laughs) All right, Sam, for the win. The infamous story of Benjamin Barker, a.k.a. Blank, who sets up a barber shop in London, which is the basis for a sinister partnership with his fellow tenant, Mrs. Lovelet. Wait, hold on a second. How is this for the win? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I thought I was completely out of this. He's like three or four behind at this stage. (laughs) They'll just try and slip I mean, that in. Just to, yeah, just to stop the idea that we're collaborating against Eddie. I, I'm pretty sure it's Sweeney Todd, though, right? It, yeah, it's Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Of course, you get the one with the musical. Okay. Have you ever seen? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So the only ones I didn't ask is, have you ever seen the, the new movie, The Witch, with Anna Taylor-Joy? No, yeah, I don't I even figured. know who Anna Taylor-Joy is. She's the witch. Uh, Queen's Gambit. <laughs> She's the main woman in Queen's Gambit. Oh, okay. Um, the one with the, the eyes that are kind of weirdly far apart. Big eyes. <laughs> I think I think the blurb for her is written a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is sometimes you look like looking like, a, like looking at a cat. <laughs> and how about this one? Have you seen this one? 
A young woman is followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. Is that one Casper? <laughs> wow, that's a dark, dark twist on Casper. It's It Follows. That would have been good because that's... Because Casper was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, wasn't yeah. he? This is a voice. And, and then he was the boy. So that would have been a good follow-up to... That would have been a good follow-up to Anna Taylor-Joy. Yes. An afterlife therapist and his daughter meet a friendly young ghost when they move into a crumbling mansion in order to get rid the premise of wicked spirits. That was the Casper one. But It Follows is the one that I just read before. It's actually a pretty good movie. It's kind of like The Ring, except instead of watching a video, you get haunted after you have sex with someone. And this like apparition just follows you around and tries to kill you. I recommend it. It's pretty scary and different, I guess. But all right. So I guess Eddie knows scary movies better than Sam. Wow. I wouldn't say either of us nailed it. Well, I haven't seen borderline all of them. So mine were just... Well, I mean, there's a lot of movies. Sam, I sometimes know the plot lines to movies I haven't seen, you know? No, no. It's it's a clear cut. Sometimes you're like, oh, that one was in the zeitgeist for a while. I'm aware of it. We should do a Marvel one and see if Eddie can guess any of those. Maybe Sam could win on that. I mean, you can do a superhero one and I'll openly tell you the four superhero movies I've ever seen. And then, yeah, I think I'll be able to, I think I'll be able to figure out a decent number of them. What a sad, boring life you live, Eddie. (laughs) So devoid of imagination and wonder. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So speaking of imagination and wonder, I asked last episode what you would ask Tom Brady to give the ball. I was going to transition. I was going to transition to the same topic because I was going to say, speaking of boring, (laughs) I saw him on the Manning, whatever they call that coverage of Monday Night Football where Tom Brady appears. Yeah. Any thought that I wanted to sit and watch football with him, which is one of the things we discussed as a possibility, that went out the fucking window. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was, he had very, and Peyton and Eli kind of did their, put in their effort to sort of drag it along. He had zero personality in that. No. I also, did you see the scene where they ripped into him about the TB12 and the coach that wears the TB12 <laughs> t-shirt? And that was the only somewhat funny line Tom Brady had was when he asked Eli, or I think it was Peyton, if he's trying to short the TB12 stock by showing pictures of his overweight coach in, in the uh, apparel. But yeah, so I guess we were not incorrect in what we said the person who gave the ball back was getting, but we just, I guess, didn't have the full details. But it came out that he received two signed Brady jerseys, a Brady helmet, a signed Mike Evans jersey, Evans cleats, and two tickets to every Bucks home game for the rest of this season and next season, and received the $1,000 voucher to the team store. And in addition to that, supposedly Tom Brady is giving him a full Bitcoin, which is valued at about $60,000. Would that suffice to you, Eddie, as enough? Definitely much closer. Yeah, I think that I do. Yeah. 
That that I would agree. The Bitcoin to. tipped it over. Because yeah, that's yeah. I might have wanted yeah. Now can you spin I it? Probably wanted and resell that Bitcoin as an NFT for the Bitcoin Tom Brady gave you. <laughs> Possibly. Worst idea. You could sell it all as. An I mean, NFT. you package that you all package together into an NFT. NFT. Yeah. 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 It's it's like a Tom Brady six hundredth touchdown pass nft experience kind of thing. yeah and you also get the picture of him with the ball we got to so, contact this guy this is this yeah is, we could have get the NFT money on this <laughs> quick start an nft company and this could be our first sale <laughs> so what we contact him give him the idea and for some reason he continues to include <laughs> yeah. us even though we have so we give him the idea with on. no leverage <laughs> and then he's like you know what guys you've yeah. been great i'm gonna keep giving you the licensing for this yeah, I'd probably do it, but was that all on the spot, or or was it kind of like, like midway through Brady went, mm, the offer kind of sucks, so I'll give you this, or Mike Evans said, oh, a well, shirt sucks. No, no, they negotiated later, which they joked about too, was that the guy lost all the leverage once he gave the ball back, so, you know, but they negotiated that later. But then I also did confirm that technically the ball was not his possession. So theoretically, if the Bucks had wanted to force him to give the ball back, they could have done so. So because it is a it is property of the NFL. So that's the thing; it, it kind of flips immediately the other way, right? As soon as he agrees to negotiate, the Bucks can't be seen as dicks in that scenario. So once you're given the ball back, it has to be like a fairly generous amount because the value had already started circulating, right? So yeah, and in particular, I think Tom Brady can't come across as a dick. It's one thing for them as an organization to look like dicks, but if it's like Tom Brady taking something valued at $500,000 off of someone and then in exchange, well, hey, you got a, a signed Tom Brady jersey, that would have not been a and great some look. Avocado ice so, cream. A lifetime supply. Yeah. Would you do it for a lifetime supply of normal ice cream? No. No, no it, I don't need that, that much ice cream. That doesn't financially help me right now. I can't leverage the ice cream. I could you could start an sell. ice cream store, and then you could sell the ice cream. See, that's in. Except that's never how those. It's that's never how those lifetime things work. <laughs> you you though, can't right? just start a nationwide chain of like yeah. five thousand <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> oh, this is so cheap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like, hey, Walmart. Yeah, do you guys do you guys sell Ben and Jerry's? Good news, I'm gonna be able to sell you Ben and Jerry's for a fraction. Of I the literally price. have an infinite supply of cookie dough. <laughs> I have absolutely screwed them on this deal. <laughs> that would be amazing. It would be funny if you were only allowed one flavor, though. I mean, you have to stay true, right? Uh, you'd have to go vanilla. So you open you up a franchise flavor. of ice cream stores that sell solely vanilla ice cream. <laughs> you wouldn't even need the ice cream. You'd just have one thing of every time. I mean, I, I in a way, I don't disagree. If you are going to have, if you had an ice cream shop that sells a single flavor, I think you have to go vanilla. But like really good. Like I don't vanilla, think. Like and then put like a heavy spin on all like the toppings and stuff. To flare it yeah. up a little. Yeah. 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 But I think you have to just be like, 
and you just call the shop vanilla or something. And no, lifetime supply. <laughs> <laughs> lifetime supply. Okay. Just really confuse people. Because then they, 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 no, no, they can cream. buy it and get a lifetime supply from you. So now they've got you're the middleman on a lifetime supply of a lifetime supply. I, I like the idea of putting it right next to a basket of robins and being like, hey, one flavor. Try and beat that. But speaking of last week's NFL, before we move on to then our picks for this week, should I give us give well, give us. I, I already know, but catch you two up on uh on what happened with our picks. Yeah, scores on the doors. In week seven. So not a not a terrible week. We actually, interestingly enough, we all went 10 and 3 money line. So a fairly good performance when it comes to money line for all of us, which means very little change there. I am still slightly in the lead with a record of season record of 72 and 35. And the two of you are right behind me with season records of 71 and 36. So very, very tight from a money line perspective. Against the spread, Frank, you once again had the best week. You went nine and four, so another pretty good week. Sam went eight and five, and I went six and seven, meaning that Frank, you're now 62, 48, and one against the spread, which is really quite a fantastic record. Sam is 53, 51, and one, and I'm 54, 52, and one. How many more weeks before I can oh, start sorry. challenging Sam people? Is, Sam, some... Sam is 55, 51, and one. How until you can start challenging like on the Twitter sphere, on the Twitter sphere, just like sending out tweets about how we have better picks. You have a Twitter account? No, but the Big Chill Podcast key, does. That's a key. That's a key stop point here. Let's do the basics. Let's get them ticked up. So we start using a reminder to everyone: follow the Big Chill Podcast on Twitter or on Instagram. But we start using our podcast account as your personal account. Well, it doesn't have to be my personal account because, but of, it's like. The Big Chill Podcast is challenging someone to beat us in our picks. I'll tell you what, if you create a Twitter account and then we can start tagging your account in comments, which would be a little bit more natural than, no than dice. this mysterious unnamed Frank who I can reference in tweets, uh, I think your record is good enough now. I mean, I would imagine your record is better than all of the ESPN or CF, CBS experts who are picking against the spread what about the nfl uh fox experts so when we look obviously i don't they i kind of update right um they update at the end of the week when they make their week eight picks and i'm not going to bother to go through and recalculate their standings but the person with the best record on cbs going into week seven was 68 36 and 3 so he was beating you. wow that's pretty good however no one else is remotely close to him there the who is this is... who is a cbs pundit i must call out ryan wilson oh i've got ryan wilson in my grasp <laughs> <laughs> the second best was pete prisco who was 57, 47, and 3. Yeah. So Eat that's, my dust, Pete Prisco. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's right where you are. So you and Pete Prisco are competing with each other. 
I mean, the issue with this is it's it's just going to come crumbling down one week where I go. I was just two about and fourteen. To say, this is there's a there's a moment where Maybe you're not. arrogant, and that will be the moment. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into our picks? Yeah, a little bit early, so maybe a couple of reasons why the line will move or not kind of set on the uh, starters. But it's a good opening game, right? Thursday night football. Uh, you've got the Packers at the Cardinals, and uh, the Cardinals are favored by just under a score at, uh, well, just under a touchdown at six and a half. So, uh, Frank, you're in Arizona. Why don't you start us off? This is a tough one because. I watched the Cardinals game last week and Murray got beat up. Uh, there were both in the television broadcast and on the radio when I was driving, both announcers kind of made the comment that he's getting hit a lot more than he used to. Not a cause for concern, except that it's a Thursday game and he still might be a little bruised and sore from kind of getting thrown around a little on Sunday. So that really worries me. I'm going to take the Packers with the points but I think I'm going to take the Cardinals to win. Both teams are six and one against the spread this year. So uh, tough to kind of pick between them, but I, I think that's going to be the difference is I don't know if Murray's going to be a hundred percent from that game on Sunday. So I think it's going to be close. I mean, I think the point you touch on, right? That's the million dollar question when it comes to the Cardinals every week, they are, I, I almost feel like they're nearing being unstoppable if they're fully healthy their offense just he's impossible to stop in the like nail down in the backfield and then you just have so much speed around him that as soon as he can buy himself a little bit of time someone's wide open down the field their defense is not amazing but good enough to get a couple of stops force the odd turnover the question is just at what point will he have taken too many hits and that's why for example i give them little no chance of winning the Super Bowl because I just can't imagine between now and the first week in February that he hasn't he doesn't take one hit too many. This feels like my brain is entirely telling me to take the Cardinals and to take the Cardinals minus the six and a half points. But there's just this thing in the back of my head that tells me that this feels like this is then kind of Aaron Rodgers reminding everyone that he is still really, really good. And the thing with this Packers team is they're unspectacular, but they are quite, quite a good team. So they don't completely destroy teams. You feel like everyone they play is kind of in with a chance for most of the game. I mean, you even look back on that game against Washington last week. Their defense played well enough, certainly in stopping Washington in the red zone, that that game should have been done and dusted with a long ways to go, and yet their offense kind of kept stalling and allowing Washington to have all of those red zone chances, even if they weren't taking them. I'm going to do the same as Frank. I'm going to take the Cardinals to win and the Packers with the points, and part of me there is just thinking, worst case scenario, I go 50-50 on the Thursday night game. Yeah, but You I have mean, your Thursday reputation on the line, Eddie. Have not lost a Thursday night game. I have, night my game. have, money line. I have not lost a money line pick on, on Thursday night. So I, I I actually agree with you both. that I, I was going to take the Cardinals, but the Packers with the points here because, um, you know, both of them, you know, Cardinals 
undefeated. The Packers obviously have won every game since the Saints. I think over the past couple of games as well, you've seen that Rodgers is kind of pretty happy to run, come out of the pocket. I think he's a, he's willing to be a lot more creative. And I just think, I don't know about Devontae Adams because I know he got put on the reserve list, but even when he's not in, the Packers seem to play pretty well. I think they were kind of 6-0 and over the past, like whenever he's not played. Um with him not being there. So maybe play terrible opposition. This is definitely a big one, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take the cards and uh, the Packers with the points. Uh, next up Panthers at the Falcons and the Falcons are two and a half point favorites. I can be quick on this one. Uh, Matt Ryan has 10 touchdowns and one interception in the last four games. Sam Darnold has one benching in the last four games. The Panthers are in a free for all. Falcons are finally starting to heat up a little bit. So I'm going to take the Falcons to win, Falcons to cover. I mean, everyone's just playing quarterback. <laughs> just, everyone's playing receiver. Just, no, they're just fighting Panthers on the pitch. <laughs> like it's, I mean, I'll, I'll be quick. I have a rule with the Panthers, right? Christian McCaffrey is not playing. I'm not touching them. And Christian McCaffrey is not yeah, playing in this think, game. Uh, the, so the Falcons, Falcons are, for I, me. I think Pitts and um, uh, Ridley are, are playing pretty well at the moment. They're starting to get some good yardage. So for me, the line feels right, but I feel good about the Falcons with it. So um, yeah, I'll take the Falcons as well. So clean sweep on everything so far. Uh, Bengals at the Jets. Jets 10, oh, Jets 10 point favorites. Bengals are 10 point favorites. Now, is that... Is this the overreaction or is this the kind of serious Bengals and that's actually quite an easy line against a pretty bad Jets team? Yeah. The Jets are terrible. The Jets are done. They're, they're, I mean, you're, you're not even starting Wilson this game. You're starting a quarterback that I think 99.99% of NFL fans had never heard of until midway through a game the against Bengals New England last week. Generous, that's not a good then? sign. So... There, they were. I think the line should probably be higher. I would have put this line at like fifteen points, and I would have still taken the Bengals. Did you ever yeah. think that there would be a point the Bengals to cover? You would no be doubt. taking the Bengals at minus fifteen, week what week eight when we were talking the start of the season. I mean, against if if you told me who was the starting quarterback for the Jets, yeah, yeah, I I'm with Eddie on this. I mean. The Jets are one and five against the spread this season, and the only win is that somehow game they beat the Titans, which I that's going to be that game that no one really understood what happened there. But if the Patriots can score fifty four points on the Jets, I, I I can't imagine what Burrow and Chase could do. Jamar Chase could have four hundred yards receiving this game. I mean, it's they have no defense and they have no offense, so their defense is going to be on the field the entire game. I think this is. I, I, I'm with both of you. I think it should be at least 14, this spread. Yeah, and and the Bengals' defense is stepping up, and it kind of, in a way, doesn't even need to step in, up on this one. I think Burroughs is not even going to be pressed in the slightest, so it's going to be nice to see Burroughs actually have more time than he usually gets with this kind of line. So, yeah, for me, it's an easy one with the Bengals and to cover. Um, Rams with another big spread. Uh, they're at the Texans, and they're 14.5-point favorites. Are you... A little bit kind of worried that they didn't cover the spread against the Lions with a similar, with a roughly similar line, maybe like sixteen, I think it was. Is it kind of made you think twice, or is this a pretty easy one as well? 
for me, it's a pretty easy one. Like, I just think the Rams are just by a mile better. And I think whatever happened against the Lions won't happen against the Texans. So for me, it's the um, it's the Rams and covering the 14 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's the same for me. I think the Rams, their last three games have put up 26, 38, and 28. And you compare that against the Texans, who have put up 5, 3, 22, and 0 the week before. So the Texans aren't scoring. And as long as the Rams can put 25-plus, I think they cover. And I'm very confident in them putting up 25-plus. So I'll go Rams to cover. Yeah, I think I'll do Rams. Rams win, Rams cover. Just their offense puts up points. And it's a little bit worrying at times. They they don't look amazing every drive, but fundamentally very good team. Uh, so we've got the return of the Bills uh, off their um, loss to the Titans and their bye week. So they're 13 and a half point favorites against the Dolphins. Dolphins seem really bad to me. Bills are coming back off a bye week, especially after a loss from a bye week as well. I think they'll come back. They'll know exactly what to do here. So again, I think this is a pretty simple one with the Bills covering for me. Yeah, I mean, the Bills score for fun against bad teams, right, in their defense. I mean, I don't even... Tua, I guess, is starting. I don't know. It's one of these things. Who knows what's really going on in the quarterback position with the Dolphins. But... I mean, the, the the Dolphins fall from grace. The Chiefs has been spectacular, right? But the Dolphins, in a way, not far behind from a team that won had double-digit wins last year. And a lot of people thought we were going to be in the running to possibly win this division this time around. And then now are competing for possibly being the worst team in the NFL. I mean, it's a pretty dramatic turnaround. I'll take the Bills to win and to cover just because against bad teams, they score yeah. a lot of points. This is... I mean, Tua is now getting put in a pretty unfortunate situation with this whole Deshaun Watson. And I mean, his last two weeks, he's got a 75% completion, 620 yards, six CDs versus three interceptions, and two go-ahead fourth-quarter TD drives, and is the fourth-best pro football-focus-rated QB over the last two weeks. So he's playing really well, and he's still getting basically shit on by <laughs> Dolphins ownership and that like eventually that's going to take its toll you know on, on him and it's unfair but you go back to the last time they played which was what week two Buffalo beat the Dolphins 35 nothing and knocked Tua out I think it's going to be much of the same here so I'm going to go uh, Bills to win and Bills to cover so we are completely in agreement with every game so far so <laughs> it's going to be I mean not hard to move right but this one might throw up a bit of contention. So Eagles at the Lions and the Eagles are three and a half point favorites. Are we going to see more kind of interesting onside kick choices or is this going to be a little bit of better coaching from the Eagles here? I I, I mean, I, I got a lot of respect for the Lions. I think they play really hard, even though they're really, really bad. And they're, they're the only really terrible team that I feel bad for because you do see the level of effort they put into and you're watching a head coach who clearly really, really cares and is emotionally impacted by his team losing. And I mean, you even saw him, you know, they've had a couple of tough losses, right? With the last minute, last second field goals. But then equally, even during that Rams game, you could kind of see him there processing the fact that they had a moment where it looked like they might be driving down the field to take the lead. And then things just kind of got out of hand. I'm, I just think sooner or later the effort's going to stop 
because they're just going to accept the fact that they're really bad and that there's not a lot they can do about it. So I'm going to take the Eagles to win and to cover. That was a curveball analysis. The Eagles are not great. (laughs) I think they'll put in their effort, but I just think sooner or later they're, they're going to come to terms with the fact that they are not good and that the effort is going to dip. And that mediocre teams are going to start to make them look I actually, really, really bad. Like, I agree with what a lot of you said. And I just think as well that I, I just think they've got a better QB, the Lions. Like, I, I think they've got the capacity to do more. They do fight. And I think, I agree with you, at some point there'll be that kind of tactical thought of like, okay, we're 0-7. If they go 0-8 here, they'll probably just continue to lose and get the pick. But I think, I think the Lions will relish this kind of game. Like, an easier opponent this is the chance to kind of not kickstart something, but at least get that W on the board. I'm going to take the Lions and the points. I just think it's going to happen at some point. There's a good fight there. I think they've got a better QB. And I think against an Eagles team that kind of can throw up anything, it might be a good opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to take the bait. I'm going to take the Lions to win. And obviously with the points, I just think they look at their schedule and this is probably one of the ones they realize they can win and maybe should win. So I agree with Eddie. The effort eventually is going to start to trail off when they keep losing, but this one could be the one where they put in that extra effort because they really think they can beat the Eagles because they're just not a very good team. So I'll, I'll take the Lions. All right, first division. So uh, Frank, we know you're not going for the Steelers, so we've got the Steelers at the Browns, and the Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll, I'll be really quick. I was reasonably impressed. I, I didn't think the drop off from from Mayfield, an injured Mayfield, to Case Keenum was that big of a drop off. I think we sort of saw that on Thursday night, and for that reason, they this just feels like all around the Browns are kind of a better version of the Steelers. They've got a, I mean they they should be able to get to Roethlisberger, even though their defense isn't that good. But the pass rush should be able to get to him. He looks like he's running in molasses constantly. So anytime they do get pressure, he's going to go down. And you can count on him to make Are a couple we, bad mistakes. Do so we know about Baker Browns to win, whether Browns he's playing or not? Like, do you think the line will be bigger if he confirms? Or do you think this line is a bit reflective? Because for me, it's a bit of a surprising line. But is it because of the I, uncertainty around Baker that keeps it at three and a half? I, I don't know because... Yes, I think if he comes back, the line will shift, but I don't know if it should. And that's not an insult to Baker Mayfield, but I feel like he's trying to rush himself back and he might, uh, um, an injured Mayfield probably is going to be worse than Keenum could be because he hasn't looked good in the past few weeks and he's, if he's even in worse shape now, then it could be a drop off from Keenum. So I kind of hope he just lets himself rest a little more and, and gets more healthy so he can be a better quarterback than what he is right now. But yeah, I am all over the Browns here on this. They still have the third best rush defense in the NFL. All the Steelers can do is run. Big Ben is is a corpse back there. He can't throw the ball. So if they can shut down the run game, Big Ben will turn it over and they, they might outscore them on defense and not even need their offense to score. So <laughs> I'm going Browns to win, Browns to cover. I wondered how this was going to be more against the Steelers and there it was for a three and a half point game. But, I mean, just to kind of finish it off quickly, I agree with you. I think the Browns have got one of the best offensive lines. So I just think that's a big problem for a team that runs and a team that really doesn't have a QB with any sort of agility or mobility with them. So for me, this is quite easy. Um, Whether Baker plays or not, I think is a good line. 
Uh, 49ers at the Bears, and the 49ers are three-point favorites. We obviously discussed the uh, issues around the 49ers at the moment. Is the three-point line okay? I mean, I'm just I'm going to make a pick that isn't entirely against Justin Fields at this point. And whatever situation the Bears have going on at quarterback, which is another, they're another team where over the course of this game, who knows who's going to line up under center for them. But, you know, you look at a stat. So Justin Fields is leading the league in sack rate, even though on their, the team's pass block grade, they're basically smack in the middle of the NFL. So he is somehow managing to get himself sacked even though the level of pressure is not really there. And the one thing you can say about this Niners team is they do have a pretty decent pass rush. And so I think they'll cause the Bears all sorts of problems. And, I mean, this Niners team has had a tendency to, I mean, they don't historically not lost a lot of games consecutively. I mean, Garoppolo hadn't lost consecutive games until recently, but also... They do just enough to never have catastrophic seasons, even when, even when things have been going really badly for them on the injury front. So I think this is another one where they'll get the win, kind of keep themselves in with a possible chance of pushing for the playoffs, even though that looks yeah, beyond them. Um, so I'm going to take the Niners to win and the like, Niners to cover. I think the Niners have got like a, a like a one the weaker secondaries, but I really just don't think that matters against this Bears team at the moment. So I... I wouldn't say this is a rule, but I always worry about backing a team that gets humiliated in the next game. I always used, I always think they'll come back a bit strong, but to be honest, that's then negated by the fact that the line's really competitive in a way. They think this will be a closer game, but for me, if the line was something like seven or eight, I might be thinking the Bears here. I know that's a pretty extreme line, but the fact that it's three is a bit surprising. So I'm with the Niners and covering. Eddie, what's your rule? Take a good team after a loss. That doesn't fucking apply here because both of these teams suck. <laughs> I'm actually going to say this is one of the games that I have no interest in watching. The Niners offense has been very boring this year and the Bears offense is just a shit show. So this could be pretty terrible to watch. That's fair. No, no, no I, th- I think I think that's fair. That's, that's, it's fair to put in, this, I, in that category. I've gone back and forth on this because I genuinely don't know what team can score more points here. Because what I saw last week with the Colts is all they did was just throw deep balls and get pass interference calls. I mean, I think it was every one of their scores was preceded by a pass interference on the Niners. So... Well, that, that's also because they were nailing the underused tactic in the NFL, which yeah. is the underthrown deep ball. I don't know why teams don't just do this on almost every drive, that if you just underthrow the deep ball by three or four yards and suddenly your wide receiver has to turn around into a corner who is running full speed to try and keep up with him. And then instantly who just barrels him over because he kind of doesn't have a choice at that point. And then you go, well, there's a flag. You just got 55 yards. Yep. Thanks it's a to great actually somewhat. And throw. if there's anyone that can throw a shitty deep ball, it's Justin Fields. So maybe this is, this is the key to their success. Could you, but could you stop that? 
sorry, just a, like, could you could you like identify a play that they're always being underthrown and therefore, yeah. If they were doing it intentionally, I mean, if they were doing it intentionally, sure. But I think yeah. the problem is that these are just quarterbacks underthrowing, and I think there are situations where the quarterback might realize it's a good moment to underthrow it, or certainly that the safer option is to have the ball be underthrown versus overthrown. So you might be able to give the quarterback a degree of credit, but a lot of times it's just kind of a bad throw by the quarterback. But if the receiver has his head turned around and then is able to shift his body around and just get knocked over by the corner, then there you go. You're going to get past is there interference called every time because it's so obvious because you literally get one guy turning around as the other one just runs into him. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go Niners here. Um, their defense isn't what it used to be, but the the Bears offense is just it's, it's a mess. And Eddie's right. Fields looks very bad back there and not all his fault. I think the, the game plan and the coaching is just terrible. Uh, did you see... Uh, he threw an interception last week and supposedly he went to the line and the coaches in his helmet said 12 men on the field snapped the ball. So he snapped the ball really quickly and just threw it up because he thought he had a free play, but then there wasn't 12 men on the field <laughs> and the coaches are denying that they told him that in his, in his helmet. I mean, what, what kind of coaching staff, even if you didn't say that, if your quarterback comes out and says that, who's doing terrible and is a rookie and has no confidence, just back him up a little and say like, yeah, we, we all messed up. Say, say we all messed up. You don't have to say we did it, but they came out I and don't said, know. He, no, he needs to learn better. That's what they said. I mean, come on. You can't criticize them. But I guess, it, I don't know. It's a t- I don't know if that's criticizing if he's outright it, lying because you have to watch the play. It doesn't look like he's lying. Like he quickly, pretty you know, like asks them to snap it and then just throw and then kind of just throws it up. Like it looks like he's being told, you know, like it's a penalty. He's a moron. Snap it. Maybe and maybe you're right. And if the if they're lying, that's terrible. However, if he now the thing if he's lying. Then, then, then I wouldn't. I would throw him under the bus if I was a coach. If he's outright lying, if he's not lying, but it is a miscommunication and he has misunderstood what he's been told, then I think that's what you say. And then you say we can probably all do better on making sure that the communication is clear in the kind of heat of the moment of a game. That would be the thing you would say. If, but if he is just made it up, then. I would say he's lying. We did not tell him that. Nice harmonious. And he cannot make excuses for bad plays. Um, next up, probably one of the more exciting games of the week, right? With the um, with the Titans and Colts, and I mean it's a it's it's a complete like throw it up in the air. So I think the Titans are one point favorites at the moment. So what you got a five and two Titans, three and four Colts, both are on winning streaks. I mean, if it wasn't for the Colts, nineteen point. Uh, kind of collapse against the Ravens. They would have won the last four. Um, I think this is a good one. It's a really run-heavy game. But um, the only thing that surprised me about it was that the overs is like 49 on this game at the moment. And that surprised me considering how run-heavy I think this will be for a long period of the game. But what do you think about the one-point line? It's 51 now. It's 50, see that? 51. That confuses me. Like, But anyway, like I think it's going to be run-heavy. 
it's really going to be a case of like two really good teams playing probably the best football at the moment that they're playing. And it really, for me, is throwing it up in the air. But if it's going to be run heavy, I'll take the better running game. And I think the Titans have it. So I'm going to take the Titans with the, obviously with the plus one, uh, with the minus one. I kind of just think the Titans are a better version of the Colts. So I'm going to take the Titans to win into cover. But fundamentally, they seem like somewhat similar teams and that they are dependent on their running back for most of their offense. But then, and they have, they both have good wide receivers. They both have mediocre to good quarterbacks and they both have mediocre defenses. But I think just the Titans are slightly better in pretty much all of those categories. So I'll take the Titans to win into Yeah, I mean, they've already played each other before, and Titans won pretty convincingly 25-16. I, I do think the Colts are a better team than when they played. I think that was week three. Uh, Wentz is healthier, and Jonathan Taylor is getting the ball more and is a lot more comfortable. And I think he's going to be a, a very good running back in a very good system. But I still think along those same lines, I think the Titans are a better team than they were in week three. I mean, they're coming off two great wins. Uh, this is I this is kind of that trap game where you've seen them play two great games and you think now they're the unstoppable team and then, uh-oh, they stuff Henry and then Tannehill has a terrible game. But I, I'm going to go with the Titans being a legitimate contender and those last two weeks being true representations of them. So I'm going to stick with the Titans to win, Titans to cover. All right. So uh, the one and five Jags against the two and five Seahawks and the Seahawks are three point favorites. Uh, does that kind of losing the 20 game streak change people's perceptions of this Jags team? Or is it just playing a terrible Dolphins team and they'll just keep continue to lose anyway? I'll tell you what, I'll take the trap. I'm taking the Jaguars to win. I've now watched Seattle with Geno Smith play two games. I've watched the majority of both of those games, and they are getting worse and worse. <laughs> that offense has got nothing going, and that defense isn't that great. I, I don't know how the Saints didn't score more points there. The, the, the play calling was just blew my mind. I mean, they drove down the field at the end of that first half with just small dump-offs to Kamara, and then they decided to never do that again and just try running it straight up the middle. Um, if Urban Meyer has as any decent of a coach, he'll have watched that and known where, where to target that defense. And I think the Jags can outscore the Seahawks. So I'm going to take the Jaguars to win. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just have to hope that Urban Meyer wasn't sitting in a bar getting a lap dance while that game was on. But I agree with you. This Seahawks team looks terrible. I also think they fall into the category of a team where effort levels for them will just continue to drop because they came into this obviously thinking that they were a playoff team and who knows if everything had gone right, maybe even a Super Bowl contender. And then all of a sudden now, any hopes of making the playoffs are already gone. And they know, I mean, we'll probably not see Russell Wilson again this season and maybe not ever again in Seattle. But I'm going to take the Jags too because I just think they've got more to play for here. And the Seattle team, I think, is probably pretty close to shutting up shop and considering this season to be done. The thing with the Jags game, right, against the Dolphins was that they were terrible against the Dolphins for half, if not two thirds of that game. And then just essentially blew them out in kind of like the end of the third and fourth quarter. And it's like, really, how do you know? Were you there, Sam? Were you at the game? Did you see it? (laughs) 
It's the only time I'll ever be able to say something like that. So yeah, it, 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 I just worry that the only reason they were able to pull that win out is because of how bad the Dolphins were. And yes, the Seahawks, as much as they are pretty bad at the moment, it's just this idea of like that line, the fact that they can be better and they're at home. I'm going to take the Seahawks and to cover. So next up is the uh, Patriots at the Chargers, and the Chargers are five and a half point favorites. Do those uh, 54 points against the Jets make you think that the Patriots can now put up points, or is this a Chargers win? No, I mean, I think the Chargers are, I don't think the Chargers are that much better than the Patriots. However, I think this Patriots team is, it's they're the, the good, bad team, you know, that kind of thing I like to say almost every week they're at the top of the bad and they will beat up on bad teams because they're well coached and they know who they are but and yes they put up a lot of points against the Jets but most of the time they struggle to put together quick drives and to score points easily and I don't think that will be any different in this game and for that reason I just think the Chargers firepower that they have and the Chargers will know how important this game is for them because obviously coming off their recent loss to the Ravens they need if they if they have any thought that maybe that the Chiefs are going to wake up at any moment in time and if the Raiders are going to keep going then they need to be pretty good against any beatable team so I'm going to take the Chargers yeah, I'm with Eddie on this one uh my reasoning is simply the fact that the Patriots have three wins the Jets the Jets and the Texans so just literally any team in the NFL could beat those teams so I think their record is inflated I think Overall, people have put them too high up in these rankings. I do not think they're very good. They don't have a great offense. And I think the Chargers will outscore them easily. So I'm going to take uh, Herbert to win, Herbert to cover. Yeah, I, I mean, clean sweep. I'll take the Chargers to win and cover as well. I, th- I think maybe the Patriots, you know, they had a pretty good performance in that Monday night game against the Bucks, But um, was it Monday night or Sunday? I can't remember, but it was one of them. Um but I think the Chargers are just better. I think, the, like Eddie mentioned, and you've mentioned, Frank, the firepower alone. I, th- I think they can score on any play. So uh, any and every play. So, yeah, I'll take them. Uh, Bucks at the Saints. And the Bucks are five-point favorites. This is a crazy line. I don't know what people are seeing in the Saints to think that they can in any way hang with this Bucks team, who, yes, defensively at times are maybe a little bit questionable with the sec- issues they have in the secondary. But... I mean, their offense is just rolling and they're going to score points on virtually every possession. So I'm taking the, the Bucks to win and the Bucks to cover. I, I, I don't yep, know why I this agree. line is I think it's a strange line at five points. as well. I think uh, Winston blows hot and cold. I think um, depending on pressure, usually he blows cold if there's more pressure. This this uh, Bucks team is really good at pressuring the QB at the moment. So... Yeah, I think offensively they'll score points. And I, th- I think the five's a really nice line here. So yeah, I'm taking it too. I actually really want to take the Saints to cover on this one. I, I think the... I'm not that confident in the Bucks in New Orleans with five points. The, the only worry is I, I think the Saints defense can hold the Bucks. I think the Bucks aren't going to be putting up 30 points. The issue is I don't see the Saints getting close to that with their offense. Winston has not looked very good, and they've been relying on the run game, and the Bucks' run defense is unstoppable in the middle there. So 
I am reluctant here, but I'm going to take the Bucks to win and the Bucks to cover. I, I just wish the Saints had a little more offensive firepower because I think I don't think the Bucks are going to score more than 25 here. Uh, Washington at Broncos, and the Broncos are three point favorites. This one actually tops the Niners Bears in unwatchable <laughs> games. This I have no desire to even. It, I wish Red Zone, you could just pick a game that Red Zone just does not show. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to take the Broncos because they have the better defense, and I think both offenses are very bad. But I do not think Denver is at all a good team, but I just think Washington is in shambles, and their defense is allowing 30 points a game. So, Whereas the Broncos' defense, I think, is the best third-best scoring defense. So I'll go with the Broncos. I'll go Broncos. I think they're an okay team, and they've done a pretty good job of beating bad teams, and there's just not a lot to like about this Washington team at the moment. Offense isn't good. Defense isn't good. So I think the Broncos do a good enough job against teams that... Yeah, I, I was thinking so with I'll Washington at, like, at some point, does this good defense have to turn up? But when you get to like nearly half season, you start thinking like, well, it hasn't yet, and it's one of the worst in the league. So you can't imagine it suddenly becoming this creative, uh, like this incredible force again for one game. So I just think the Broncos will be able to score more points, simply put. I just think they've got a better offense. So I'll take them. Yeah, I'll take them to cover. Uh, Cowboys at the Vikings, and the Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. I don't trust the Vikings. I do think the Cowboys are good. Their defense, they force turnovers. They're, they can score a lot of points. Again, I kind of feel like they're just a better version of the Vikings in some respects. And so for that reason, I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and the Cowboys to cover. But we all know the Vikings, which version of them is going to show up. Who knows? This could be the Cowboys winning by 30. It could also be the Vikings hanging in there and, and sneaking out a win and Kirk Cousins having a great day. But I think I think the Cowboys are just a better team. Yeah, Cowboys are 6-0 and against the spread. Um, both teams coming off a bye. But Cowboys have... 10 more points per game on offense than, than the Vikings, which surprised me because I thought the Vikings were putting up a lot more. But I just think Dallas's offense is really, really good. And Dak Prescott has a week to rest up and heal some of the injuries that he had from the last game. So watching them beat the Patriots and not play the greatest game, I think if they can clean up some things that they should have no problem beating the Vikings here. So I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and to cover. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a problem with it. And under a field goal, I think it's pretty good as well. I think um, the Prescott kind of like he was in a walking boot, wasn't he, for like most of the bye week. And I think as soon as he starts doing any sort of limited practice or practice, I think the line will go up. I, I could easily see this line being like four before, the, before it actually goes off. So I'll, I'll take the two and a half now. But also just the simple fact that offensively they're just explosive and they can score almost on demand. And that against an indifferent Vikings team who loves to kind of, even if they're in the lead, they'll do their level best to blow it. So I'll uh, I'll take the um, Cowboys into cover. And then last up is the Giants at the, speaking of faltering and teams that are blowing it at the moment, uh, Chiefs. And the Chiefs are 10-point favorites. And I'm... Surprised at that line to the point where like you start actually considering the Giants here just because of how implosive the Chiefs are. Implosive? Let's go with that as a word. 
this I think is a line of wishful thinking of the chiefs are just going to magically become the chiefs of the past three years. And I'm not saying that the giants are a good team, but they're a team who this year has for the most part stuck with other teams and not really gotten blown out. And I think a double digit spread here is, is a little bit of an insult to the giants. Um, and a gross over-exaggeration as to what the chiefs are right now. And maybe they do come out and score 40, but if you watch the last three weeks, it doesn't look like they're going to do that. And again, their defense is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen play. So um, I'm going to go. I was tempted to pick the giants to win this straight up. This has got all the makings of next week. Eddie comes on. Eddie comes on and he says that Mahomes is going to be out of the <laughs> NFL the after they lose this game. But Chiefs are two and five against the spread. So I'm definitely going Giants no, no. with the points, but I'm going to go Chiefs to win. I thought that last week was the week when the Chiefs were going to have a performance where everyone started to say that they're back. I'm not, I don't think beating the Giants, I don't think there's any manner in which they could beat the Giants where people would start to say that they were back, even if it was 75 0 people would still say it's just the Giants. But we saw against Washington that against not good teams, they, they their offense still can look pretty good, at least for two or three quarters, and that's all it takes. I mean, this Giants team, is even against this Chiefs defense, is not going to score a ton of points. So even if the Giants are going to score 24, there's going to be three quarters where the Chiefs put together you know, 35, 40 points. And... I'm going to take the Chiefs to win the Chiefs cover and the Chiefs are my survival. Probably the best time. Can I change my pick? Can I change it? I want the Giants on the money line. Yeah. The last time Eddie picked the Giants against the Giants and the Survivor, it did not work out. (laughs) All right. So Chiefs and to cover, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, look, what was it? They gave up like 410 yards against the Titans last time out. And it's kind of like... Look, the Giants aren't that good. So even if they have like a bad game against the Giants, what, they're going to go up maybe 250, 300? And it's just going to be that classic shootout game. Uh, Mahomes v. Jones. And I know who I'm taking in that head injury or not to uh, Mahomes. I'm I'm probably going to be stung by a double-digit line here and it's going to really annoy me. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm enticed. I'm enticed by the Chiefs winning this one nicely. So yeah, I'll take the Chiefs into cover as well. And I guess from there, then we can. Are there any other topics we want to do? We want to do the bet of the week now. Do we want to hold on? What's how's everyone feeling? Any other topics that need to be brought up? I'll take that as a no. So we'll then move on and wrap things up, I guess, with the bet of the week. Last week, not great for any of us. We all had losers on different things. Frank, you and I both lost on the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs to win. You had the Chiefs against the spread. And Sam, you lost on the Ravens. And that means now I'm down to $140,000. Uh, Sam, you're down to 50000 And Frank, you're down to 88000 But I'll say I'm keeping things very simple this week. I'm doing a four-team accumulator, a four, four-team parlay. And it's all money line, Bengals, Rams, Bills, Chiefs. It only pays one8 not big returns this week, but because we've not got big returns, but I think it's a really safe bet. I'm going to put a decent amount down on it. So I'm going to put my $40,000 of profit so far this season. 
on that bet at 1.8. Am I allowed to bet college football? No. <laughs> it does. This isn't a weekly renewal. <laughs> no, you lost the right for the season. God damn it. No, you you lost the right. <laughs> we had I'm listeners comment well on it, just so you know. You've lost <laughs> not, the right. not live. Yeah, not anyway. All right, I'll uh, I'll go next. So I've got um, I got you know a bit of trouble at the moment. Only fifty fifty thousand left. So do I bet small but longer odds, you know, put more teams in? I think I'm going to stick with that theory and just try and win back some stake at the moment. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put, I'm going to put 10 grand on just so then I've got like a 10 grand, then two twenties to go. And I'm going to do some cricket, some football and some American football. So uh, England in the cricket against Bangladesh. 2-9, 2-9, uh, Australia to beat Sri Lanka, 2-5, Pakistan to beat Afghanistan at 3-10, which I think is a crazy price. Uh, the Rams, the Bills, the Bengals, all money line, and then Liverpool to beat Preston in the League Cup. And it pays 3.37. And I'll do... Is this one the 10K is? Yeah. No, this is going to be a 15, 15, 20. Let's do 15K on it at 3.37. Okay, I'm going to keep it simple with a treble just to win, not money uh, money line, not uh, against the spread. I want the Browns, the Titans, and the Cowboys. And that pays 3.7. I will do 20,000 on that. So, anything else before we uh, sign off on the episode? That's going to be my fourth there. (laughs) Playing Michigan State undefeated. Not anymore. (laughs) Well, they're both undefeated. So, someone will lose. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) It is a solid good hot take. This is is where it all comes from. This This is the place you go for good sporting analysis. But no, hopefully, some stories on the next podcast and some wins. Yeah, I'm excited for some good bachelor party stories. I'm very excited to hear about the golf. I have high hopes for Jake's progression in his golf game since the last time I've seen him hit a ball. Well, I... So, he's never broken 100. So I don't know how much he necessarily has progressed since the last time you see him, saw him hit a ball. Also, I don't think any of us... So it's a kind of Ryder Cup format that we're going to be doing. I would be very surprised if there's ever a moment where Sam or I are paired in the same grouping as him. So we might not get to really witness his performance. We might only see the post-round rage. But I think there's... <laughs> Just to hear mid or just yeah. hear the post yeah, like recognize like hear the rage <laughs> like a oh that's down. jake on the ninth he must have just found the water <laughs> but just seeing a load of trees just falling down but i don't I, the only time we're going to really see him i think is on the first tee when he gets things going and i mean i i have to say i wouldn't be i'd be a little bit nervous if you got to kick things off 
you know, we spoke about obviously when the Ryder Cup itself was going on and, and professional golfers being feeling as if they couldn't put the, the tee into the ground properly and get the ball to, to rest on the tee. I think if I knew I had 13 other people sitting there hoping that I fail, just standing, probably filming as I have to use my driver on the first tee, I think I wouldn't feel great about it. And so I look forward to seeing, I hope that he, he rises to the challenge. I hope he just absolutely smashes it down the, the, the fairway, but it would also be amusing if he just topped it for five yards. Well, we'll have to wait till next week to find out. Good luck, Jake. I'm rooting for you. (laughs) All right. Talk to you boys later. See ya.